Blog Talk Radio. to the Pet Psychic Radio Show. Call in at 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. Who's barking? Luke is barking. He didn't know where you came from. <laughs> he thought you were at the front door. <laughs> oh, he did? Yeah. Hi, Luca. How's he doing? He's doing great, Mr. Little Luca. Has he got uh, anything to say to all of our listeners today? Oh, you know, Wookie, what do you have to say today to all the listeners? How do I get in there? What do you mean, what? What do you mean, how do you get in there? I want to get inside of there. I think what what he's saying is he wants to see you, I. Oh, (laughs) I haven't seen him in so long. I haven't seen you guys in a while. I know. We've got to get them together and get them I know. Dead. We'll have to have a play date again. Um, so, I don't know. We never actually talk about where we, we live. I guess I just assume that people kind of know. But for any new listeners, uh, Laura lives in the Ventura County area. Is that what it's called? Or the Ojai area? The Ojai Valley. Ojai Valley. And then I live in Los Angeles. Pretty much, so we we always do this do this over the um, internet, and so we we don't see each other that often except for when we do shoots. Which reminds me, our video got mentioned. You said on the ABC Good Morning Texas show. Yeah, Good Morning Texas. Tillman and his dad Ron were on Good Morning Texas, and they mentioned uh, our video and how um, they met with us. Tillman is a skateboarding bulldog, by the way. Yes, Tillman's a skateboarding bulldog, and those of you who don't know who Rodney Mullen is, he's like a pioneer of like amazing skateboarding from like the 80s during like Bones Brigade and all that stuff for all you skateboard people. And um, I think he has a movie coming out, actually. He had he had a movie actually that came out mm-hmm. about skateboarding, and mm-hmm. it it's won a lot of rewards already. Yeah, yeah, they went to, I think, Sundance, Sundance or something, someone told me. Yeah, right, and it was in Santa Barbara, too. Oh, Great that's video. so cool. Yeah, I really want to see Down there. But for everyone, I'm going to post our uh, the my blog um, in the chat room, and that's thepetpsychic.com, and then you can go to the blog tab, and you can see the video is up on that home page. Yeah, the video is really great. We spent the day with Tillman and with Rodney, and they skateboarded, and they talked about skateboarding, and it was just a really, really awesome day, and I love the video, and, you know, we had a great time doing it. What was so cool about it is that Rodney and Tillman had a lot in common. They, like, remember they, like, like, Tillman would say things like, I don't always like to skate in public because I can never try anything new. Like right. I have to skate out because, like, I have to try all new things by myself. Mm-hmm. 
Right, right. And Rodney's like, that's how I feel. I know. It was so funny. They were totally, like, broing out with skateboarding. They were, like, total skateboarders, two skateboarders talking about skateboarding and professionally. It was so cute. It and was then really Tillman, cute. Remember when Tillman was, like, he's he wants to skateboard every single day. And he's, like, he's like Dad, you know, like, all my fans? Maybe some of when you can't take me to skateboard, maybe some of my fans can take me. <laughs> I know. His dad goes, I can't just let you roll with strangers. <laughs> I know. It was really funny. It's really funny. Definitely check it out. Go to thepetpsychic.com. Um, also, Laura has a YouTube page. Um, it's The Pet Psychic. And no, it's just Pet Psychic. Oh, Pet Psychic. Just Pet Psychic. Yeah. Go to YouTube, Pet Psychic. You can find all of our videos. We have a lot of videos on there. Um oh, wow. from Yeah, from interviews you've done on TV or radio or whatever. And then there's, like, uh, the ones you and I have done. So we have a couple of those where we went to Animal Acres or met with animal actors and all kinds of stuff. So check it out because we never, we never actually mention that. I always forget to. But we've done a lot of videos, and we're going to continue to do more. So check them out. And uh, anything to mention before we get into the call? I don't think so. Let's just get into it. All right, let's get into it. Oh, oh! before I uh, put people on, let's tell them what to do when they get on the air. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling up my YouTube channel and you could hear our, our uh, <laughs> tune that you put on it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, ready so for all so for all of our listeners, I'm just gonna since we haven't screened our calls, we're just gonna call out your last four digits, so be ready. And um we always try to get to all the phone calls that we can and I just go in order of who's been on hold the longest. So please be patient with us. And when you get on the air, just go straight into the name of your pet, what kind of animal it is, um, if they're dead or alive, and let's stick to one topic. And not meander because we want everybody to have a turn. So our first caller, 6589. Who's your pet? Hi, Laura and I. This is Terry with my um, dog, Sam. She's part golden retriever. Hi, Terry. Hi. So I asked you on your Facebook page about giving us ideas on what to picture. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But mostly right now, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, Sam is just growling at everybody and won't let us near her, and I need to know, is she um, protecting me from the other dogs? Does she just want me to herself, or is she in pain? Why is she growling? Okay, so she's growling. She's not growling at you. She's growling growling at at me, too. She growls at me, too. Okay, and what kind of dog is she? Uh, Part Golden Retriever. She's a park retriever, and okay. And um, when did this? How old is she? Let's see. She's a little over a year. She has had trouble with her hips and her back, and when she's in pain, she growls a lot. But she doesn't. Ask, right now, she doesn't look like she's limping or in pain, and she's still growling. And now, when did this start? Her growling. This time, I was gone for the weekend, and when I came back, she hasn't. 
she's been growling since then. And apparently she played in the sprinklers over the weekend, and that usually throws her back out. We have a chiropractic appointment today, but it just oh, seems excessive. Oh, okay, good. But she, when she growls, does she get into a fight with other dogs? Yes. yes. She went after one of them on Monday, and she's tried with the other ones the last two days. Okay, and that's when they come close to her? Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh-huh. And um and so are there times where she lets them get close to her and she doesn't growl? Yes, when she wants to play. It seems so to be more when they get close to me. So she is playing with other dogs during this whole thing. Yeah, she'll play with the same dog she attacked earlier and just, you know, oh. roll around with them and have fun. Oh, it's very interesting. And when she attacks, does she break the skin? Yeah, she goes right for the neck and she, you know, uh, wags her head back and forth, you know, like she's trying to rip them apart. And yeah. <laughs> and so do they have bite wounds when she does this? Uh, we had one incident where one of them did, yeah, and she bit my husband too. Oh, my God. And so how bad were the bite wounds? Uh, I, they weren't, um, they didn't need stitches or anything. I could tell, you know, I found two uh, punctures in the outer skin, and then my husband had to have stitches. <laughs> oh, he did. Okay. That's really important to ask, you know, I think for an animal behaviorist to ask, because dogs have what we call bite inhibition. If a dog has been socialized around other dogs when they were younger, Dogs teach each other, like, how hard they can bite. So, you know, when puppies start biting you and they're kind of nibbling at your hands and nibbling at your arms, if they're well socialized around other dogs, other dogs will tell them this is too hard or this isn't too hard. And um, by, like, growling or snapping at them, whatever they do to teach them, you know, not to bite too hard. And Mm -hmm. so when a dog has been socialized around other dogs and then goes to biting the skin, that's something that we really want to worry about. Actually, any type of puncture we really want to worry about because Mm -hmm. then we ask the question, does this dog just not have bite inhibition? In full arousal, do they just not know how hard they're biting because Mm -hmm. they never learned it? Or are they purposely biting that hard? Um, And so that's something we need to ask her. Okay. Okay. Let me guess. What's her name again? Sam? Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hear you talking, and I don't mean to bite hard. <laughs> when I bite hard, it's my jaw that bothers me. Oh. I can feel it really pushing on me. Hmm. I go after other dogs because I don't like their smell. If they come too close to me when I'm feeling nauseous, I don't like it. Oh. It's really, really bad. I wonder why she's nauseous. Sometimes I don't like them when they come near me and mom. But basically it's mostly me. Sometimes if I have a lot of energy... I want to play and forget about all that stuff. 
Well, she does um, need a, if she does need a chiropractic. She could have been thrown out of alignment, and then that could affect her digestion. But the thing that she needs to learn is that she needs to have self control, and it's never okay to bite hard. It is never, yeah. ever, ever okay, and it's never okay to actually bite another animal or being. And the growling is just so excessive, and I've got to the point where I don't pet her anymore if she's going to growl. <laughs> and the reason I asked the question on the um, Facebook about what to picture is because, of course, every time I said no growl, I, I was picturing her growling, you know. Yeah. And then the other thing is I asked her, do you know what a gun is? Because if you keep doing this, I'm going to shoot you. I was, I was just at my wit's end, you know. I was trying to... Stern tactic that time. Are you serious when you say that? Would you really do that? Never. Yeah, I mean, but I, I feel like I needed serious. to shock her. Um, I'm not really into shocking with punishment. I just, I mean, I just don't think it's, I don't think that is going to stop a dog from growling because a growl actually, like, people like to scold a growl and they say that, you know, growls are not good. But the thing is, is growl is a form of communication for an animal. If you scold the growl too much, the next time the dog is not going to growl, they're just going to bite. So oh, no warning. So we want to take that and be like, okay, she's growling. What does that mean? And why is she growling? And, and even if you don't know why she's growling, we still want to give her, teach her tools to use to actually be able to um, handle that situation. And what are the main tools that you, we can teach a dog is to use their calming signals, licking, yawning, blinking their eyes, looking and looking away, retreating, getting themselves out of the situation. Oh. So when, as soon as she growls, you want to see if you can actually take her and back her up or teach her to lick and yawn and blink her eyes and actually tell her, lick, yawn, blink your eyes, you know, or we're uh-huh. safe. Say, you're safe. Let's, if you're growling because you feel nauseous and the dogs are coming too close to you, let's give you a place to lie down where the other dogs can't get close to you and give her a spot where it's just hers. You know, like a bed. It's good to have a multiple household to get everyone their spot. It's a routine. They can go to that bed. Mm-hmm. You can start having tie-downs or downstays, but it's really good to teach them their own place. Okay. But you can say things like, when you growl and bite, it makes me really upset and scared and, and confused and picture all those things. And okay. what we really need you to do is to lick and yawn and blink your eyes. And if she's not feeling well and the other dogs actually do encroach upon her space, like maybe she is just protecting her body and she doesn't want the dogs right in her space or right up over her shoulder or whatever they might be doing, then that's the case. If she stares at them and growls or she looks at them kind of heavy and then looks away and they don't take that, teach them to retreat. But okay. if she's doing that every time they're coming to you, then she needs to go in a downstay somewhere else and chill out for a while because it's okay. not okay to 
mom. Um, um, but you want to yeah, get because she's the youngest. All of them, you know, the other ones have been here longer. <laughs> yeah, so you want to teach her how to behave appropriately, but she keeps talking about like pain in her jaw and pain in her head, and that very often is the axis or the um, the atlas that's out. But the chiropractor will tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. All right. And you know, also is important if you do have her on any type of medication for the hips. Uh-huh. A medication can affect the liver, and the liver very often is associated with aggression. So if she's on medication, I pull a blood panel on her and see how her internal organs are doing. Okay. Okay. Wow. So yeah. so how do I what's a what's a happy picture I can picture? Or just send her the feeling. Her licking and yawning and blinking her eyes and walking away. I mean, it could just be a reality. She feels unsafe or she feels like she doesn't want them in her space. Everyone has their own issues. So Uh teach her how to handle that. Lick and yawn and blink your eyes or walk away. Yeah. Okay. We'll work on that. Okay. (laughs) Keep us posted. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, you know, I've been having, um, you know, we talked about Ripley's thing with the skateboarder and stuff like that. And, you know, what I've been doing is um, we've been going on walks, and whenever someone approaches us, I've been trying to teach her to, like, heal or or sit. Um, But it's always, you know, I always bring my treats and I always let her kind of do whatever when we're walking. And then when people uh, kind of come near us, that's when I start doing more of the training and feeding her the treats and doing the training part. Oh, that's good. And so when you're feeding her the treat, Mm -hmm. right, when you're Mm -hmm. actually giving her the treat, are you Mm -hmm. saying anything or are you? I I click and treat because I bring my clicker with me. Oh, you click and treat. So you're clicking. When are you clicking and treating? I'm clicking when she does, if she, like, I see a person coming, and she, I do either, like, a look at me or a heel, and she does do a look at me, then I click and treat. If she starts oh, healing with me, I click and treat, and I good. sometimes will do a, you know, good heel or a good, you know, good look at me yeah. or just yeah, good. That- Great. It's good to actually put a good with the actual click, so at some point you're not going to need that click anymore. Right, You can just right. use the good to mark behavior. But what I really like about what you're doing is, like, some people will say things like, like, oh, gosh, you know, I just don't want to use treats because then my dog is only good when there's treats around. But mm-hmm. the way I is doing it is really is really good because she's she's giving them a command, and then she's, She's clicking for that command, or if they're falling into that, she's clicking and then treating. It's very different than just being this this treat machine where you're just popping treats in your dog's mouth, and they don't know really right. why they're getting a treat. They're just distracted from what's ever going on. Her right. dogs are not distracted now. They're actually learning. They're learning a command. Yeah, and, like, she hasn't once, like, when we went on a hike the other day, there were a bunch of people, and she never once, like, tried to lunge at them or, well, like, usually she just gets interested and wants to walk over to them, but she, you know, I always said, look at me, and she would look at me, and then I would treat her, and then we just walk past them. Ah, oh, it's so great. It's yeah, so, great. so I think it's getting better. 
Yeah, like the other thing with the look at me, it's doing two different things. It's teaching her to look at her person when, mm-hmm. you know, when you're asking her to, which is excellent. But it's also teaching her to do her calming signal when she's in a stressful situation. Right, like looking away. away. Yes, yeah, yes. That's great. Let's ask her about that, what she thinks about all that training okay. you're doing. One, it's super fun. Mom is so engaged with me, and she's so smart about it. And I just feel like Mom has it under control. And that's really great because that's ultimately what we want, is our dogs feel safe with our people. And that I is what you're doing. You're teaching her to feel safe Mm -hmm. with you. And when she doesn't know how to handle a situation, to look to you for guidance. That's why we train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to our next call, Abby. Um, yes, hey, hello. Abby. Hi. Hi. Um, my angel passed away on Sunday, Mother's Day, and oh. her name her name was Shelby, and um, she was um, a mixed breed. Um, the groomers and the vets called her a snoodle, snazzer and poodle, and others called her a Tibetan terrier. But bottom line, she was an angel. She was the best girl ever. And my question is, um, did she go okay? Did she know I was there? Is she okay now? And what does she want me to do with her ashes? Were you able to be with her when she passed? Um, yes. Um, she um, she got a burst of energy. She wasn't able to walk Um and I had to take her outside to go to the bathroom. And in, she'd stand up a little bit to go to the bathroom. But then she started kind of bouncing in the yard. And then she collapsed. And then I picked her back up. And then I brought her over. And we sat outside together. And that lasted a couple of few minutes. And then she got another burst of energy and went to the back of the yard. And when she did that, I brought my soda back in the house and... I mean, it probably took me no more than five seconds to do this. And when I came back out to the yard, her face was all the way up towards the heaven. And I I rushed to her, and I was crying, and I asked her if she was gone. And um, she had bladder cancer, so it would not have been in my best interest to resuscitate her. I believe the reason that I came inside, which I didn't have to do to put my soda in the house, was... Um, before picking her up and bringing her in um, was I think she wanted to be by herself when she died. But I was there, but at the point I was there, she was going into, she was dying. Oh, wow, that's amazing that she went naturally, though. It's really nice. That's a blessing. Um, She's my third pet that I have lost at home, and I I feel so blessed for that because I've never had to put one down. Um, Oh, my God, you're kidding. Here, let me get her, and she's a... She's a snoodle. A snoodle? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of like a snoodle and a terrier mix. Um, just uh, black with, like, some white on her chest and white on her paws. And um, she, she says that here in heaven there's a lot of games we play. Okay. And she says there's a lot of people that sit around, like, a card table or a game table. Do you know who those people would be? Uh, no. We never played cards around her. Um, 
They're old friends of mom, she says. So sometimes oh. when they when they sometimes when they see people in heaven, it doesn't necessarily have to be people that she ever knew on earth. It could just be people that um that love you that have passed over. And so okay. they come they come to her because they love you. You know who those people would be? Um, I really don't know the people that we played cards with many moons ago. Um yeah. are still alive. Um oh, wow. she ne- she's never met them, so Yes, doesn't um, need to have met them. She doesn't need to have met them. But um uh hold on. I love my mom and I feel like I went really well. She said that she loved biscuits with, like, peanut butter on them. Maybe with toast. Oh, yeah, we used to share toast. And she shared everything with me. Aww. That she could have. I, If it was chocolate, I had to say no, no chocolate. She said the scratches down my back were the best. Oh, wow. Here in heaven, life is really easy, and it's light feeling. There's no heaviness. You sort of feel like a leaf. You know those kind of birds that move really fast? Sometimes I'll come back and show mom one of those. I think it's like a hummingbird or something. Just kind of like... If you see a hummingbird around the yard or something, it could be her. And I want Mom to have a bird bath. Do you know what that is? Do you have a bird bath in the backyard? I don't. Did you Did you see the bird? I, I've seen a... many birds before she passed and after she passed. I see birds oh, all the time. She, like... wants give, she wants you to give them a bird bath in the yard. I love snuggling on the bed. Yes. In your soft little songs. My soft little what? Songs. But that could oh. be like like either you actually sang to her or if you just like whispered to her and you know, or just like talked to her. Sometimes yes. that can feel like rhythmic like a song to me. You don't need to fear this. Because it is really fun. I even eat meat off the bone here. (laughs) I can eat junk food. I have a big, thick bed. And I also can hang out in the kitchen. Sometimes I'm in the kitchen with you. And sometimes in the bathroom. And sometimes everywhere. (laughs) Oh, that's her favorite. Yeah, she's in a good place. And and she does. She didn't wouldn't have wanted me to save her. I mean, I possibly could have resuscitated her, but no, mom. My body was in too much pain. Okay, and so I did everything the right way for her. Was she happy with my care? 
I was really happy. You're a good caregiver. Okay. Oh, you made me you. feel well when I felt sick. Aw, that's sweet. And I, oh. I just want to know, what does she want me to do with her ashes? Oh. I want you to sprinkle them all the way around the yard. But only when you're ready. Does she want me to keep a small amount for myself in case we ever move? If you want to, she said. And the thing with the ashes is that they, you know, sometimes they have, like, little preferences. Like, they think about their favorite places or something, and they think, like, oh, that would be neat to be there. But basically, really, they would like their ash, like, whatever you feel comfortable they would like. So if you want to keep some, they're usually okay with it. I've never talked to an animal that was not okay with what the person wanted to do with the ashes. I do say that I have spoken to horses who have, um, or dogs and cats too, who go to like the dump, and they don't really like their body going there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kind of have, like, a mass burial for horses, but a lot of the horses don't like that. They'd rather be in the earth, which is illegal in a lot of places. So it's kind of a hard decision for people to make. But um, but they do typically, like, something to happen to their body, whether they they do get cremated or that they get buried. Yeah. Okay, well, well, thank, thank you well, so yeah. much, Laura. I, I just had to to feel good about what I did and because, um, of course, I miss her like you wouldn't believe. I'll bet you do so hard. But you know that, that when you talk to her, that she's around you and she can hear you, and and they like it when you do things like when you light a candle for them or you go for a walk and think of them or you eat toast with for them. They love that kind of stuff. So you can do that in their memory and they'll be right there with you while you're doing it. Yeah. Be well. Thanks, Abby. That's always so hard. Uh, But she is really lucky that um, she passed at her home and didn't have to uh, put him down or put her down. I know. I know. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, gosh. That would be awesome. I've never had an animal. Oh, no, I had one animal that passed um, naturally. So that was, you you know. What was that? Oh, my dog Jupiter passed in the backyard of my parents' house in the sun taking a nap. Oh, how nice. Yes, he was just a little happy one. Went to bed. Can I tell you one story about how my parents died when I was 18? I have to tell this story. Because <laughs> we're talking about it. So I, my, I had this parakeet who was like, I don't know, he was like, I was 18, and the, he was probably like 11 or 12, and he got really, really sick. His name was PJ. And um, he was so sick that he would actually lie on my pillow at night and just, like, be awake and alive still the next day. And I heard this story that somebody had like, prayed to God to take their, I think it was a person, to heaven. And mm-hmm. um, and then the person died. And so I didn't want to see PJ suffering anymore. So I, I said to PJ, PJ, I heard this story that 
there's a God and that if we pray to that God, that God will come and take you to heaven and you'll be safe. And so let's pray to God right now to take you to heaven. And so me and Peter just sat there. I didn't know I could talk to animals then. But so we just kind of sat there and I kissed him and I said goodbye. And then I went to, a, I was taking martial arts, a keto class. And so I left for keto. And then when I got home, I just had this weird feeling. So I snuck up the back steps. Like I didn't even go and say hi to my mom and dad. I snuck up the back steps. And then PJ had passed away while I was gone. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I know. I know. And then I would hear him. He had this tweet for me that was like this Ziggy Marley song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would hear hear him for the whole time I lived in that house every time I would walk up the stairs I would hear him tweeting that song oh my gosh that's crazy I know that's really cool I know so I was like I was like huh maybe there like is a god you know um let's go to our caller Susan who has a update for us Susan tell us about your update well, the kitty raindrop that had been feral and untouchable for 12, about 12 years in the house um, and had been just a wee kitten finally got her mats shaved down at the end of last year because she had, she was just not, she needed help. And not only did she instantaneously come around and attach to me, literally at the hip, because I'm bed bound, but um, I've not been able to make her, <laughs> make her <laughs> move away from me. It's like she's making oh, up, she's making up for all years instantaneously. No, that that's a good thing. It's just I still can't pick her up. She freaks when I pick her up. So I, oh, I'm, how amazing is that? But you can pat her and everything. Oh, she's she's right here. She's just if she could, she'd get on top of me and and merge into my body. So she's probably so grateful that you took off those masks. Oh, she is. But she was so fearful of all all humans um, that I couldn't get her help is the problem. Right. So anyway, I mean. And so then we we talked to her, and then how how long after were you able to help her? Oh, when she came back from the groomers that night, she was attached to my hip. Oh, Wow. Wow, but that's neat. Twelve years without ever being touched because she wouldn't allow it. She would rather kill herself trying to get away from the help, you know, and even from my vet would come to the house and try to help, you know, get her into a carrier and he's he's wonderful with animals and she would still freak out and actually she tried to go through him. <laughs> it was awful. And so do and you it, wanna- do you want to talk to her and ask her, like, like, how do you feel now? Well, I I want her to understand that when I say come here and I touch her, she's fine with the touching, but when I go to try to lift her up, like just to put her up on my chest or pick her up and and give her affection, or if in an emergency I need to pick her up and put her in a carrier, that she doesn't do this freak-out thing, because she can hurt herself if she continues to do that. Right, and so, okay, so remind us what she looks like. She's a gray, medium-length tabby with a real plumy tail and beautiful eyes. And she's the one that had been hit as a six-week-old kitten from a feral colony. So she has the the right back leg 
doesn't bend completely, so when she sits up, she looks like Thumper the rabbit. You have to tell my mom that I understand now. I understand that humans have different eyes than cats. They use them differently. And that was hard for me to learn. I also feel so much better. I'm not as sore when I lie down. And I understand now that my mom loves cats. And I'm understanding now that love helps you. And it's really cool to allow love to help you. Interesting. I know she just I know she just wants to pick me up but it hurts my body. I feel crickly in the spine. My spine is sore when it bends. I'm going to tell her to do more stretches. Mm-hmm. She should stretch. And to lick and yawn, because, like, what might be happening is you go to pick her up, and then she tenses up, and then it feels, like, crickly. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word. But well, then, she, uh, she did have lots of other damage as well, but, but the leg was broken in three places, so that could be pinned. It's just that, you know, her other body parts probably never got the proper attention. Yeah. Tell my mom thank you for loving us. Aww. It's a different life. It is. She says that she hopes that she can teach other animals to imagine the future. I'm confused. I, she, what now? Say she, that again. Well, she says that what she hopes is that she can teach animals to imagine the future. And oh, what's she, interesting, she, says, she said that something that she's learned is that that the future can be better than the past, better than anyone can imagine. And I always say for everyone in rescue to tell, that, to not be attached to their, the animal's sad story, like stop saying the sad story, what happened to them, and to, like, really envision the perfect home and the perfect future for them so that is created to be the present. And she's learned that, that she's learned that, that actually the, the future that she can create her future and that it can be better than the past. She thought it was just going to be the, the same. So that's really neat that she's overcoming her fear. So thank you so much for helping her with that. I think that's an amazing an amazing thing that you could do for her because that helps her. So I, I didn't want to say never, you know, I didn't want to say, you know, never, but after 12 years you kind of don't get your hopes up that you just want them to be comfortable and, you know, you just you do the best you can, but they do have to meet you kind of halfway. Yeah, they do, but kind of placing that in their mind of what the halfway looks like right. is really helpful. So good oh, job. I was visualizing it daily. It's just that she had bonded to my uh, special needs kitty, and they were inseparable until he passed in 2007. And then she oh. was just, she went downhill really badly. Oh. And she yeah, well, I'm glad she's on the up. This is awesome. Well, she, next time you call, you'll be able to lift her up. Yeah, well, she's out. never bonded to any of the other cats in the house, only to him, and, and that was wonderful, but I, I did wonder what was going to happen when he eventually, you know, passes. Yeah, so now maybe the next thing is the teacher to lick and yawn and blink her eyes and start paying attention to how other cats communicate. Yeah. You know? 
And like crazy if you see her look at a cat and then look away, say, Good girl, you guys are talking? What are you guys talking about? You know, she's, gonna talk like she's that. Relaxed. She's more relaxed yeah. and she's ironically, she's one that doesn't freak as much as the others when um the kitty that had attacked Thunder remember right. the, that that was this is also the house with that had the attack out of the blue. Mm. And um she doesn't seem to be particularly bothered by him. And I thought oh. if any of them were spring-loaded, it would be she. That is so amazing. I would tell her every day how wonderful it is that she has grown. Just, like, so proud. Thanks so much for calling in and giving us an update. It's really nice to hear. It's it's amazing. Like I said, I, I, I wish for her ultimately that she could um, accept all of the love. Yeah, that's where it's headed. In whatever form, it, you know, whether that means getting her health care, picking her up, you know, loving on her, whatever. And I I know it's baby steps, but after 12 years, I'm I'm trying to rush things. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's so beautiful that you have, like you're not accepted the outcome and you have this in, this vision of what you would like of her and that's the best we can do. You know, it's when we become accepted to the outcome that we get disappointed and frustrated. But right. you not having, not being accepted to that and really envisioning what you want in all forms. I mean, that's really what we all are heading for is to accept love in all forms and being peaceful and calm in all, in all situations. So, and here, really, the, of, the really 11, of the 11 cats that are here, 10 are special needs. And um, oh. so, you know, I, I'm not... Like I said, I, I'm I'm patient with regard to their um, extra needs, whatever that is. But it, I just want so much for them to get the best of everything that I I feel like, come on, get with the program here. I'm here to help you. Can't you do that? Can't you see the others getting all this attention now? What's why can't you see that? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's just in like kind of um, try and leave out. Why can't you do that? No, no, I mean that was that was the that was my um own anxiety. It's just like, come on, come on, you know, and, and but they were just you know, they just weren't grabbing on. Yeah, well you can say to one, you know, you can say, Look, look at how she's handling things. Do you see how brave she is? Remember how she didn't let me pet her? Now look at how I can pet her. Isn't that cool? Maybe you can do that sometime. You know, and just sort of Put that in there. Like, let them look around outside themselves and see how the other animals are reacting too. Because sometimes they're that's like us. Sometimes we're so years. involved in our in our own stuff. Yeah, that's how I get kept going with her for twelve years. Because again, she always put the buffer of the other kitty between us, and she she wasn't having any part of me. Well, great, good job. Thanks for calling in. Oh yeah, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge. You will. Thanks. That's awesome. Sounds like she's doing good. That's so great. I um, know, and it's just so wonderful to all the cats. It's such a great way for them to learn. Totally. I'm really excited right now because we have our special guest and <laughs> the American Tortoise Rescue. So we got Susan here. Hi, Susan. Hello. How are you? Good. Hi, We're Susan. so excited. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show. Well, thanks for we, having me. I'm, I'm very excited, too. 
We are so excited. So tell us like about your organization and what you do and how amazing you are. <laughs> uh, well, American Tortoise Rescue started 22 years ago. We were the first national um, turtle and tortoise rescue. And um, we uh, grew and grew and grew. We've rescued about 3,000 turtles and tortoises over the last 22 years, putting them into new good homes. And um, then the uh, rescue became known internationally, so we were able to educate a lot of people about the care of turtles and tortoises. And um, in 2000, we started World Turtle Day, which is coming up on May 23rd. And World Turtle Day is the um, way that we celebrate how great turtles and tortoises are, but also to sort of throw up a warning that biologists are predicting because of habitat destruction and the live food markets and some of the other things that happen to turtles and tortoises that are negative, that they could disappear within the next 50 years. And uh, that's very sad considering that they've been around for more than 200 million years. They, they've outlived the dinosaurs. So we're very, yeah. very uh, adamant about helping to educate people about how they can uh, help to preserve turtles and tortoises and, and things that they can do to make sure that they continue their existence. And so what can people do? Well, the most important thing is that they don't buy turtles or tortoises at pet stores because the pet trade, um, it, as with cats and dogs and any other animals, um, is really very hard on, on uh, the turtles and tortoises. They take them out of the wild. They transport mm -hmm. them. Some come as far away as, you know, China or, or Russia, and um, at, at least 90% of them die in transit because it's very stressful for a turtle to be taken out of its habitat. So we really uh, work hard to educate people that there are plenty of places to adopt turtles and tortoises just like you can with a cat or a dog. So adoption mm -hmm. is really the primary thing and, and um, you know, don't buy any because there are plenty that need homes. Yeah, wow. And so how many did you say that you have up for adoption? Well, right now what I do is I'm sort of like a dating service um, I, um, I, uh, people contact me and say that they have an animal that needs to be rehomed, and then I find um, somebody who might provide a good home. So it's a, it's a matching kind of thing where um, I usually post it on Facebook uh, because that's become very big. We have over 2,000 followers, and that way uh, people who love animals, love turtles and tortoises, can... Um, and the respond that they have a home available. So it works out pretty well. Um, I've, I've cut back a lot on adoption because uh, after 20 years of doing it, um, it took so much effort and, um, you know, it's really hard. It's a lot harder in a way than finding homes for cats and dogs because tortoises require such, um, you know, different housing. Um, some of them require heat. Some of them require... No, none of them should be kept in tanks. They should all be allowed to be either in a pond or out, you know, with a, a, a yard because it's kind of it's very cruel to keep a turtle or a tortoise in a tank. So, are they social? I'm sorry. Are they social? 
with like other tortoises because I know the people that I know who have them they usually have more than one and I see them can kind of like they'll move around together sometimes but like do they like do they have friends in the wild or do they pretty much are solitary well you know that's a, a really good question because I don't think that enough attention has been paid to them, you know, from a research standpoint, to be able to determine which is best, which which it is. But I know that um, obviously they like to mate, and so um, mm-hmm. it, you know it's a very social procedure. But they, you know, once they lay their eggs, they abandon them. They don't mother them or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think they're pretty much solitary. But we um, we we like them to have other animals around because. Um, you know, they do form um, form friendships. I mean, I see the same turtles with the other turtles all the time. So obviously, they have something going on there. Yeah, um, I really do. You know, we have red foot tortoises that that actually all come out, and they'll three of them will be head to head. Talk, it's like they're talking to each other. Yeah. So you sent me a picture of Rosie, who's like so extraordinarily beautiful and she has passed away right and she passed away at around 80 is that correct that's right yes and she and I had a very special bond um she didn't really like other people but when she saw me she would be much more uh, inclined to come up to me she liked me to give her back rubs she was a wonderful creature Okay, so I'm going to get her, and so what do we want to ask her? Like, you well, wrote some I, questions here. Go ahead. I think the the thing that, that I'd like to know from her perspective is um, what happened to her before she came to us? Because we only had her, you know, we had her less than 20 years, and she was very, very, very old, and it would like I'd like to know where she was, you know, was she... In Africa, she she, was she? You know? Yeah, she. Well, it's some place that looks like. Um, she said that she had several places, but I see almost like like bamboo or bamboo like trees. Where would that be? Could that just be someone's? Um. Well, and, they and I could. Eat, and I could even leave off the trees. Oh. Um. Well, you know, she was at another home before I got her. She was actually with a tortoise rescuer, but he became, uh, he had Alzheimer's, and he became unable to care for any of his turtles and tortoises that he rescued. And so um, I rescued her actually uh, through a confiscation by by animal control because uh, they were in very dire straits. She almost died. She said that for a long time even she spent, it was almost like in a garage, and it was really dark. Oh, well, that's a... We didn't get what we needed. Well, that sounds like something that would have happened to her because, you know, she was obviously from another country because leopard tortoises come from Africa, so maybe she was transported over here in a very dark container. Oh, it was scary. When I was picked up, I was picked up with many others and thrown on top of each other. We were all on top of each other. That's 
pretty much how they get transported. They go thrown in a burlap bag. Oh, many of us got hurt. It looks like like her left, almost like a groin or thigh, her back hurt her. The woman, the reason why I loved this woman is she understood me instantly. Well, I have to tell you, you are right, because she had a crack that had been repaired on her back and her side Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that uh, was that way when I got her, and I didn't have any idea where that came from. Oh. She said that with you, she also felt like you guys shared a little bit of the same path. Or somebody well, I was did. Adop- <laughs> I oh, was adopted. <laughs> oh, wow. Her heart was special and helped me heal. Oh, it's so, that's so wonderful. She said where she lived with you, it took her a while to feel like totally safe. But then I started to not worry anymore. People don't realize that we worry. We know that we live long. And it's too easy for people to pick us up. And oftentimes we think of people as predators. It was really nice to be in a safe place and to die loved and to die knowing people care for us and fight for us. And I want her to know it means a lot to all of us. That is the sweetest thing. She's so wise. Are you still there? she is. Yes, I am. That she is. She's really wise and so so special from that standpoint because she was so different than the other tortoises. She would be, uh, she would come over to me and I would give her a back rub and I would sit on the ground with her and she would nestle up next to me. And I mean, she weighed about 25 pounds. She was not small, but she... She knew she was cared for, and I loved her so much. So it, it's so nice to hear those things that you feel from, about her because that you were right on target. She she was she did take a while to warm up, and she did, uh, but once she did, she says, "Thank you for helping our species." People don't realize. And what she's doing helps the world. Because when people see us, something inside of them gets sparked. So it's interesting because she's saying more so with her species that when people see them and see the wonder of them and then when you educate people, she would notice that something would open up in people that wasn't opened up before. It's like when people know that, like, dogs and cats need homes and that they suffer. But, like, when people would learn about the turtles and tortoises, it was like she could tell them 
really um, becoming more aware and conscious. That's really nice. Well, you know, that's true because when a lot of people have no idea what turtles and tortoises are all about, and once they find out, they are amazed to know that they all have personalities, they have differences, they have things they like, things they don't like. I mean, it's really, really, they're, they've got tremendous personalities, but most people just think of Yeah. So, um, so we don't have too much time left, so I, I want you to get your website in there and um, tell us a little bit about World Turtle Day. Rupa, are you still there? Uh-oh. Maybe I think we oh. lost her. Oh, we did. Okay, so okay. Um, go to tortoise.com, um, which is the American Tortoise Rescue, and that is Susan's uh, rescue. She's, she's been with us, Susan Tellman from American Tortoise Rescue. And go to www.tortoise.com. If you can't remember that, you can always go to Laura's page at thepetpsychic.com, and we'll have all the information about that and uh, about the Turtle Day. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it says here um, World Turtle Day is on May 23rd. Um, it, the day was created as an annual observance to help people celebrate and protect turtles and tortoises and their disappearing habitats around the world. I'm not sure where it is, but we will find out exactly where it is, and I'll post it on my website and on the Pet Psychic Radio Facebook page. Awesome. But I'm sure that it's it's on tortoise.com as well. Yeah, so go to tortoise.com. We'll have all the information. Um, Also, I wanted to quickly mention um, this Saturday, May 19th, if you're in the uh, Southern California area, there's going to be an event called the first annual uh, Bless the Beasts and the Children fundraiser um, with uh, food, drinks, entertainment, live and silent auctions, and uh, Dick Van Dyke's going to be there to MC. So check that out. You can go to the events. It's called events.rcwh.org. That's events.rcwh.org. I'll post that in the chat room as well if anyone is interested in going to that. Um, it should be fun, and it's for a great cause. So check that out. Uh, two minutes. Anyone speaking out? Yeah, Ripley says, take the time to train your animals. Animals will feel smarter. <laughs> that's a that's a good one. We should add in humanely train. Humanely train. You know, uh, it's been a kind of a joke this week because Aloha's just such an angel. Aloha's our little poodle, and we were like, "Oh, Aloha's such an angel. She's like proof that God exists." Because how could you know? Um, <laughs> there not be a higher power because she's just so perfect. And we're like, and then Ripley is the you know. <laughs> Proof that God has a sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you said that God has a sense of humor rather than the devil child. No, she's not a devil child. Just a sense of humor. She's just a goofball. So anyway, that was our funny thing this week. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening to Blog Talk Radio, our pet psychic show. And uh, Laura, anything to... Shout out to our listeners. 
Well, just that I'm going to be posting another uh, video log here soon, a vlog, and so I'm going to be posting that on my website. And I've got a new newsletter coming out, and so you can sign up for my newsletter on thepetpsychic.com. I'm really excited about my new newsletter design. Awesome. So, so we'll check that out at thepetpsychic.com. Everybody go there. Check us out on our Facebook page, Pet Psychic Radio. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye. She can talk to the end.